Welcome to the Cindy Hyde Show, where you will hear lively conversations about Christian living, hope, healing, and even God encounters. Cindy is an ordained minister with a master's degree in education and a passion for the gospel. Now, here's Cindy Hyde. Genesis 4.1, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified Version because it just kind of has more words, and I like words. Now, the man, Adam, knew Eve as his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain, and she said, I have obtained a man, a baby boy, a son, with the help of the Lord. And later she gave birth to his brother, Abel. We're not told if this was the first time that they knew each other, but we do know that this type of knowing was different than the original introduction. God blessed them to replenish the earth, to procreate, to do what they had to do was to know one another intimately. Making babies was their God-given duty and still is, and it was their first job description. The second job description was what? keep the grounds, to dress it and keep it. Now, this is something that I found so very interesting. That Jewish tradition has it that Adam and Eve had 33 sons and 23 daughters. Now, you think about how long they lived, though. I mean, humanly possible, living 80 years as we do, it would be impossible for us to have that many kids. Mm-hmm. But when you live a, a a whole thousand years just about well yeah i can i can see that but could you imagine being a woman and having 56 kids but her body was perfect right i mean so she didn't have the problems maybe that we have because even though they had sinned that sin had not been passed down with the diseases and the sicknesses and all and adam died when he was like 930 years old but I couldn't find anywhere about when Eve died or how old she was. But even if she lived 800 years, which is hard enough for me to get my head wrapped around, but if she had a child every five years, that would have been 280 years span of her life that she spent giving birth to babies. Well, out of 800 years, if you spend 280 giving birth, I mean, that's not so impossible when you look at it in those kinds of terms back then. That's a lot of changing diapers. Oh my! And breastfeeding. And how did they know to use diapers? And how did, you know? It's like so maybe she had a. How long did it take to wean them? Four or five years? Because you didn't get pregnant until you weaned a child, and that would have been about right mm-hmm. a weaning age. Jesus was the natural direct lineage of Adam and Eve, and you can see that in Romans. 9 5 and in genesis 5 2 um i thought it was interesting that god repeats himself again we hear the 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 story that he created them male and female and blessed them but here's the part and named them mankind at the time they were created and we didn't get that in the original story there's pieces that are unveiling one after another as we keep delving into the story a little more of the stories revealed he he named the sun sun he named the earth earth 
He named the seas with a capital S. He named every one of the stars. He knows them all by name. And there are a billion sextillions or something like that, didn't we study last week? Um, and then Genesis 5.3, and Adam had lived 130 years. He became the father of a son of his own likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. Now, something I found interesting with that was he didn't say that when he had Cain. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, I have a son in my own likeness and according to his image. Did they just they look like their mother? And Seth actually looked like his daddy, who looked like God, because he was created in the image and in the likeness of God. Hmm. I mean, that that just came to me. It's like, why would they why would they put it that way? I mean, it would be like if Adam was God's son and he looked like and then and then they had Cain and then the rest of them and then but Seth actually looked like Adam who looked like God. Hmm. <laughs> to add something to think about. And he became the father of Seth, and Adam lived 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Adam lived 930 years in all, and he died. We go to hear the story about Cain and Abel. Abel kept the flocks and the sheep and the goat, but Cain cultivated the ground and the curse that, and in the course of time, Cain brought the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. But Abel brought an offering of the finest firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions. And the Lord had respect or regard, goodwill, favor, Webster's Sea Sword, for Abel and for his offering. Now, it said for Abel and his offering but for Cain's he did not have respect so Cain became extremely angry and indignant and looked annoyed and hostile and the Lord said to Cain why are you so angry and why do you look so annoyed if you do well believe in me and doing what is acceptable and pleasing to me will you not also be accepted and if you do not well but ignore my instruction Sin crouches at your door. Its desire for you is to overpower you, but you must master it. Now that really resonated in my spirit. God told him, sin crouches at your door. Its desire for you. It was almost as if sin was a thing of itself. He didn't say evil was crouching at your door. Because it wants to overpower you. But he could have said sin could equate to evil because that's exactly what it is. Rebellion, sin, evil. It's right there all the time crouching at the door waiting to overcome us. Mm -hmm. Waiting to overwhelm us with the desire to do what it wants to do. We'll see in a minute about the lust, the, the sin and the lust that it wants. Well, they were born with that iniquity after Adam and Eve sinned. They were born with that iniquity so it kind of was its own entity but i love how he says but you must master it Mm -hmm. in other words he's given us the ability to do that but we have to exercise that authority we have to make that choice, don't it's, we? It's active, not passive. <laughs> so we've already read Hebrews eleven four, but I'm just going to read this part. But Abel, uh, by faith, offered to God. So we see that faith activated there, a more acceptable sacrifice to Cain. And that that sacrifice and that faith 
is still active today, how many thousands of years ago, and that faith is still active. Never give up on what you believe in God for. God established a blood sacrifice, a blood covenant in Genesis 3.21 when he killed an animal to make, and I thought this was cool, a literal and figurative mm-hmm. covering for Adam and Eve. Right. Blood covering. A physical garment, but yet a blood covering. The blood sacrifice is seen in all throughout the Old Testament and the book of law, and ultimately Jesus Christ as the only blood sacrifice that could atone for our sin. God provided a way out, but Cain, in his pride and stubbornness, so there's two more weaknesses to add, allowed sin to rule over him ultimately driving him to commit the first murder. He, as we all, are responsible for our responses to repent when being confronted by our wrongdoing. God gave him the ability and the opportunity to do that. Cain was anything but repentant. He wanted to make the rules, and he didn't want to change his ways. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of mankind. Hebrews 9, 12 and through uh, 14. He went once for all into the holy place, the holy of holies of heaven, into the presence of God himself, and not through the blood of goats and calves. And so we see that, that blood covenant that was made with Adam and Eve, and now with Christ through his own blood, having obtained and secured eternal redemption, that is, the salvation of all who personally believe in him as Savior. So Genesis 4 eight, Cain talked with Abel, his brother, about what God had said. And when they were alone working in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. What in the world? That's crazy. Evidently, they got into a fight. We're told in John 10.10 by Jesus himself that the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But he says, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And then he says, do not be like Cain, who was of the evil one. Who was of the evil one? That's what he's telling you. He said, don't be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother Abel. And why did he murder him? Because Cain's deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Mm-hmm. That's all in First John 3.12. Evidently, Cain being of the evil one and the first murderer in recorded history already had a bad attitude and lied to God. At least his parents didn't lie to God. Cain practiced sin. And in First John 3.8, we read that the one who practices sin, separating himself from God... And offering him by acts of disobedience, indifference, that would be another one. Two two more that we could add to our list of weaknesses. Or rebellion is of the devil and takes his inner character and moral values from him and not from God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's laws from the beginning. That the Son of Man appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. And how does the devil work? Through people. Mm-hmm. And when Cain, when God asked Cain, where's your brother? And he lied and he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? He was being such a smart aleck. That's another weakness. Mm-hmm. Not just a bad attitude, but what do you, you're, you're sarcastic and, you know, like as if it was God's responsibility to keep him and not him, you know. 
He was the older brother. He should have been the one being responsible. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's innocent blood is crying out to me from the ground for justice. We read that the life is in the blood. And that although the blood is spilled, it still has life in it. John eight forty four talking about Cain lion. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and bode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And we see an example of that even in the New Testament in Acts 5.3. And Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? We see that it was Satan who fills our hearts to do these things that are not right. There's always a punishment for evil. And there's always a reward for righteousness. Sin is sin. Evil is evil. In Isaiah 26.21, listen carefully. The Lord is about to come out of his heavenly place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their wickedness, their sin, their injustice, their wrongdoing. The earth will reveal the innocent blood shed upon her. That was so cool when I found that. I had never seen that before. It makes you realize nobody really gets by with done. We think they do. No. Don't. It was, and it's it made be me. Reckoning. And it made me think, too, how much shed blood, innocent blood. I'm not talking about the ones that were murdered in wars and stuff, but those who've been murdered. How much innocent blood has the earth absorbed that she's no longer? And notice it referred to the earth as she. Did you notice that? The earth will reveal the innocent blood shed upon her and will no longer cover her slain. Our sins are forgiven when we repent because of the shed blood of Jesus. One day the dead in Christ shall rise again, and those who are alive shall meet him in the middle of the air. Hallelujah. What a glorious day that'll be for some, that is, but not so much for others. In Cain, the devil was a, both a murderer and a liar from the beginning. Genesis 4.11, we see that God cursed the ground again. And I and I thought it was interesting how we're talking about the earth and the, and the blood, um, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's shed blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. This is the second time we talked about that the Lord had cursed the earth because of man. When Adam sinned and when he disobeyed, the one instruction God had gave him, the Lord punished the ground because of Adam. In Genesis 3.17, we see, and he said to them, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it, the ground shall be cursed because of you. You shall eat of it in sorrow all the days of your life. And it will bring forth thorns and thistles for you. And you shall eat the plant of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. That's a pretty harsh curse. So does that mean that there were not thorns and thistles being produced when Adam was cultivating and farming? Until that time. point? Kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? 
So this is what happened to Cain. And we see in Deuteronomy 28, we see the blessings and we see the cursings. We see the if-thens. That would be a good sermon. If you obey me, then I will bless you. But it was conditional. And we see here when, when he said, But it shall come about if you do not listen and obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today, then all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city and you will be cursed in the field. <laughs> ah, well, that's... Woo. Can't hide from God. So Cain could still farm the land, but it would be resistant and would not produce abundantly. He would never be a fruitful farmer again. He was to be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. That may seem harsh, but apparently it was still merciful of God to not impute the death penalty upon him, which was his right to do so. Mm-hmm. So I looked up, I was thinking, well, we we know modern-day fugitive is somebody who runs from the law. Well, Cain didn't necessarily run from the law, but it's like God made him an outlaw. It's the only way that I can just now get it, an outlaw. Uh, But according to the dictionary, it's a person who flees from the law. A vagabond is one who wanders. So it made me wonder if this was not when the nomads, is that not where they came from? Hmm. And of course, we saw uh, when we read earlier that one of his sons was a nomad. So evidently he kept uh, the livestock and went out and farmed and and became the father of the nomads. I thought this was kind of interesting that a fugitive was also described uh, as unstable, unsteady, fleeting, fleeing from duty. Isn't that what Cain did when he did the opposite of taking care of his brother? When he's talking about his punishment being greater than I can bear, isn't that what we kind of holler to? Want to moan and groan and complain? Oh, but oh, God. I thought you said you wouldn't put more on me than I can bear. <laughs> well, you're still alive, aren't you? Oh, yeah. So in Genesis 4.16, um, that's that last paragraph in that Genesis up there. It says, So Cain went away from the manifested presence of the Lord and lived in the land of Nod, wandering in exile, which was east of Eden. Well, isn't that where God placed Adam and Eve, east of Eden? So God shows his unending patience, his mercy and love and kindness to capital mankind once again. Cain was punished, but his punishment was being sent from God's presence being separated from the manifested presence of God. So who were the inhabitants of Nod? Who was he afraid was going to kill him? And where did they come from? And how were they going to know what he did? So I personally believe that there were other people that were created. It wasn't just one person, Adam, because Adam is plural. The name Adam is plural. It means more than one. It means red men because they was out of the red dirt. That would be one explanation. That's one of the theories that there was more than one. Like when he created he, them, there was more than one. There were like pairs of them, multiple Adams and Eves. 
but it only focuses on Adam and Eve, which were probably the first ones. Some say there may have been life on earth before then, before Adam and Eve, but I don't I don't buy that one. I don't see the scriptures jihawing with that that theory. We're not given timelines on how old Cain and Abel were, but their sisters were all younger than they were. And so then enters the issue of incest. But with the pure undefiled bloodline, it was not an issue until later when God gave them the laws. Thou shalt not have sex with your brother or sister or father or mother or aunt, uncle. Um, so here's a couple of theories. He's married one of his sisters or one of his nieces. So well ago, we talked about how they had 56 children. And they estimate by that figure that by the time... Uh, Cain was out in the earth that there could have been up to 32,000 people or more on the face of the earth by the time he got married. But there could have been other people on the earth from creation because Adam is plural in Hebrew and God did name them mankind. And I don't know if he would have just named two people mankind. So, um, Genesis 4.18. Now, Enoch was born to Irid. Now, I'm not going to read all those because we, we've already read those. I went through something and I was so glad my friend Denver Buchanan, pastor with to uh, seminary. And I looked up all the scriptures because I wanted to find everything I could about Enoch. Because I remembered that Enoch walked with God and that he was taken and was no more because he pleased God. And then I read that was taken up, that walked with God, that pleased God, was the seventh generation from Adam. The Enoch that Cain had would have only been the third generation or the second generation since Adam. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how could he be the seventh generation? I mean, it just threw me for a loop because that whole scripture, Jude 1.14. Don't get those confused because there was two. This one came from Seth. This Enoch did. So we see the birth of Lamech and him taking two wives and saying to them that he'd killed a man and he'd killed a boy. And he's saying, you know, if my granddad killed uh, somebody and was avenged sevenfold, then I'll be avenged 77-fold. And I thought that was just kind of interesting. How, 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 why did he think he would be protected 77-fold? I didn't quite understand that. Any insight? Maybe there were more people giving that. Ah, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, obviously there was not a there was not a penalty for murdering people like there is now. Those laws all came in later. Adam knew his wife again, and she gave birth to a son named Seth. For God, she said, hath appointed me. I thought this was fascinating. Hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel. Another seed. Now, why would she call it, they word it that way, another seed? Well, maybe they knew that Jesus was going to come from their lineage. They wanted a pure-ish son. When I was doing my research, I found that the name Seth means appointed. Isn't that interesting? Appointed. And Genesis 5, 8 says, All the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And then to Seth was born Enosh, which means mortal man or mankind. And at the same time, man began to call upon the name of the Lord. So we don't know when Seth had Enosh. 
at what point of his 912 years did he have Enosh. But we know at some point they began to call on the name of the Lord. That we can now call on the name of the Lord and him hear us because we've been restored to a right relationship with him. Instead of being separated from him like we saw happen with Cain and God. Fascinating story. Cindy's books, Making Peace with Your Past, One Choice at a Time, and External Scars from Internal Wounds are available on Amazon.com as ebooks and paperbacks. She is passionate about helping people find the power of God's healing love. You can book her for your meeting at CindyHyde.com. If you want to experience the true love and power of God, visit the East Texas Healing Center, a hospital for the soul offering hope, help, and healing for the whole person through healing prayers, biblical counseling, crisis intervention, and life coaching. Call 936-569-PRAY or visit www.EastTexasHealingCenter.org. Thank you for joining us today. You can contact Cindy Hyde at The Healing Center in Nacogdoches, Texas, on the web at EastTexasHealingCenter.org. Her resources can be found on her website, CindyHyde.com. We pray you are blessed today and every day.